use your gift to serve one another as good stewards of God's buried grace. If you're a plumber, don't just fix something to fix it. But if you're doing it as a service to the home or the business that you're working at and you do it faithfully, you're actually worshiping your God because you're serving others. If you're an accountant, you don't just count numbers, but you want to count them faithfully as though you were honoring God who gave you this very gift and ability to do this work so that you can serve the interests and needs of those who are around you. You can live your faith every day. When I serve others, I'm serving God. When I help others, I'm helping God. When I make a difference in this world, I'm not doing it on behalf of myself. I'm doing it on behalf of the God I serve. Thank you, God. Thank you for who you are and for what you've done. Father, we bless your name today. Thank you for worship. Thank you for the word. Thank you now for these members of the praise and worship and band who have led us in worship today. And we ask God your blessings upon them as they've shared with us in this moment of praise unto thee. Speak fresh to us. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Ably read in your hearing this morning was the passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 20. I'm not going to reread all of it to you, just read a verse or two. And I want to read, we're beginning at verse 26. He says, it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be willing and humble slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. For the next few moments, I want to continue this theme, the secrets of greatness. This is part three. Amen. You may be seated. It always astonishes me uh, as I think of my childhood. I remember when I was young and you would ride down and you would see a McDonald's. When you saw McDonald's, you got really excited, praying and hoping your parents might swing in. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. But in the old McDonald's, and I haven't really looked up to pay attention to the newer ones, but in the old McDonald's, they used to have on the sign, on the arches, the number served. And you, you would look up there and say, woo. Because they recognize that the number served meant something. It meant something. Sometimes I think we forget 
how important it is to be servants, and particularly servants of the Most High God. I'm re when I'm reading this passage of scripture and I'm looking at it and I'm seeing what Jesus is saying, Jesus, I get that, that emoji you all might have and one go, you know, with the mind blowing. Because I, I think about it. Because they're having a positional argument and Jesus is having an entirely different conversation at a deeper level of enlightenment than they are privy to. They, they don't understand it. It's been concealed from their eyes. They don't have the, the sense of what he's talking about. Jesus looks at them. says, you guys are arguing over the wrong thing. You, you're thinking like the Gentiles. I need you to think like you're a part of this Jewish family. And that's not how we process. There's no tyranny among us. There's no big eyes and little U's. That's not how we process. Remember the Abrahamic covenant? I'm going to bless you that you might be a blessing. And instead of you thinking about just being blessed, you ought to think about being a pass-through to blessing others and God trusting you with blessings to pass on. You're thinking about this wrong. You don't realize how you ought to be an extension of divinity among people. You're thinking about this wrong. You don't realize that you are the revelation of God and how God intends for humanity to be at its best self. Not, not what other people think. Not, not, no, not the eye for the eye, the tooth for the tooth. Not, not, not the thing that makes everybody blind in one eye and snag a tooth. No, instead, I want you to think deeper than that. You're better than that. You're better than the vengefulness that you see in the world. You're better than the aggressiveness of pride and hubris. You're better than that. You are the revelation of divinity among humanity. And I, I, I just said, ooh, isn't that some? Because I have come to reread the text as Jesus looking at them and saying, shh, come here, I got a secret. You may not like the secret, and it's really a secret because nobody would like to believe this one because they thought it'd be another way. Here's the secret. If you really want to be great, you have to be a servant. Now, on, on the surface, you're like, I, I thought you were going to give me something deep. I, I did. Because there's nothing harder for a rich person to do than to serve a poor person. 
Nothing harder than a person that has resources to see the need of others and say, I'll share mine. There's nothing harder to do when you already have what you need to even think about that somebody else doesn't have what they need. That's hard, baby. That's hard. That's hard. That's hard. When you when you in your warm bed on your silly posturepedic mattress, rolled up and curled up in a fetal position, like you back inside a mama, while somebody else is on the concrete sleeping on a shelter made of cardboard. Nothing harder than having that on your mind and trying to sleep well. Let me, let me see if I can work with this. See, one of the secrets of greatness is service. And there are three things to remember about this service. I say one, you know, I'll come back to this. There are three things to remember about this service. And I want to preach this sermon from a very Jewish perspective. I'm not a Jewish man, but I've got a Jewish perspective to offer about this. And I think that, I know, I know all of you great Christians in here think that Jesus was a Christian. Might mess you up, but Jesus was a Jew. And uh, Christianity is the religion that followed his life and accepted his sacrificial, oh never mind, okay. So really to understand the, the Jesus of Jesus and the Yeshua who is God's salvation is to understand him in his Jewishness. And if I get that in his Jewishness, then what am I going to do? I'm going to start out with something that might mess you up. I'm going to start out with this one word, the, the, this to remember, obligation. Obligation. I, I, let me see. You see, what Jesus wants them to understand is you have some responsibilities being who you are in the world in covenant relationship with God the way you are and those responsibilities cannot be abrogated. You, you've got things that you've got to do. See, Jewish tradition teaches us that humanity must play an active role in the world. The, the concept of what they call tikkula olam is to repair the world. And it expresses the value of volunteering in Judaism. One Jewish federation put it this way, the world may be imperfect, but we have not only the opportunity, but really the obligation to help make it better, more whole. Now, 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 so if, if Jesus is thinking the world's not what it ought to be, I've got the obligation to make it better. Might be why he ends this segment here by saying the Son of Man did not come to be ministered to but he came to serve you and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in the context, 
the service for Jesus was unto death. But I'm glad he's not asking that of us. Or is he? <laughs> Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon, the righteous, talks about the three pillars that the world rests upon. Torah, that, and which is service, Ad Adba, which is service and worship, and acts of love and kindness. So Torah, service of worship, and acts of love and kindness. Now, now the problem with most people is we want to get to Torah. For us, it would be scripture. I'll come back to this in a minute. And we definitely don't mind the worship part because we like church. We do church real well. Can't nobody do church like y'all do church. And, 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 and I think we got one of the baddest bands in the land that do just, just shout out to Rufus. Prayers up for you and your mom. Listen, you, you got to understand, we, 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 uh, we do worship. But the third leg is loving kindness. Loving kindness is service to humanity, and it is an act of worship to God. <sighs> Loving kindness is service to others. See, 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 this, this ain't going to shout nobody right here, Doc, because this, this is about how we ought to treat other people, how we ought to act in the presence of both. What does God require of you? Micah 6 and 8 is to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. God requires some things of us, and justice is in the requirement. Mercy is in the requirement. Humility is in the requirement. Now, now, now what gets me here about this um, is that if those of you who, like me, believe in Jesus and you believe the, the Calvary and you believe the death, burial, and resurrection, then what you have to believe is that there are no exceptions to who gets the good treatment. Well, because Jesus died for everybody. That's what y'all say, right? Which means that if there are no exceptions, the unregenerate, the undeserving, the unacceptable, even the unkind are treated with dignity. Yeah, come on back. I said no exceptions. Unregenerate, undeserving, unacceptable, unkind. Okay. Those of you Bible scholars who've been walking with me through Proverbs know what I'm talking about. Proverbs 25, we talked about last week, verse 21 through 22 says, if you're, even your enemy is hungry. I know, see, you just said, let them starve. That's not what the Bible says. If your enemy is hungry, the Bible says, give him bread to eat. Proverbs 25, 21 says, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. 
Verse 22 says, for in so doing, you, you get him in a heap of trouble. You know, um, there is a thing about being human. And, and, and if, if people who may or may not be in the family of God, can think about ways to treat people with human dignity, it shows that they have a certain level of enlightenment. Maybe not complete, but to some level, there's some sense of what it means to be human. The, the Geneva Convention is that wartime treatment of, prince, of prisoners and it, it gives its humanitarian obligations. So at the Geneva Convention, they, they, they made an agreement among nations of how people are to be treated during wartime. I'm using this as an analogy, so stay with me for a moment. So they made an agreement. Now, 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 now they got together and said there's some things we ought to do even with our enemies in war. So, so there's a series of treaties on the treatment of civilians, on the treatment of the prisoners of war and soldiers who otherwise rendered what they call haute de combat, which Frenchly means outside of the fight or incapable of fighting. There, there's a whole lot of things that they're supposed to do. The convention provided for the, 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 he says, look, immunity from capture and the destruction of all establishments for treatment of wounded and sick soldiers and their personnel. It provided for the impartial reception and treatment of all combatants, it protection of civilians. It even had the recognition of the Red Cross so that when the symbol was seen, it would be an identifying symbol that covered with this agreement. So don't hit that one. If those who are in the world can understand how to treat people even in war, what about those of us who are believers? How do we live our faith? How do we act? Yeah, I, I think as a Christian, as a Christian, I'm not Jewish, but so I'm going to give you my three pillars. I think there are three pillars upon which our most holy faith is built. I think there are three pillars upon which our faith is built. I know this is not something you would normally hear, so stay with me for a moment. The, the, the first of which is the sacred. That is the worship of our God. The second pillar is scripture. That is the word of our God. And the third pillar is service. That is the witness for our God. That, that, that I've got the sacred, I'm going to worship God, I'm going to come before him. In Judaism, that pillar is seen as serve, divine service, which is the sending up of sacrifices and prayers before God. What I've got to do is I've got to live my life and recognize that worship matters. Prayers matter. Coming to worship and greeting one another and being together before God matters. Gathering even online and in the universal worship system. It matters. The sacred matters. 
giving my praise to God with my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise. With that heart of thanksgiving, blessing God matters. Studying the sacred scriptures matter. If you don't know the word because in it you have life. You have life. But too many Christians stop right there. They stop with the sacred and with the scripture and they forget that we have been called into the service of our God. They forget to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. They forget who we are. I think one of the secrets to greatness is really the alignment of all three. That it's not one over the other, but all three together. All three matter to us. And so um, I want to give you what I think is the contemporary golden rule. Because all three matter. Here's the contemporary golden rule. Be the person you want to meet. Be the person you want to meet. You be that person. You be the embodiment of Christ. You be the person you want to meet. You so so here 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 here. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter seven verse twelve puts it this way. So then, in everything, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the essence of the law and the writings of the prophets. In other words, in other words, once you get worship in you and you've got word in you, you got work to do. <sighs> Matthew chapter 22 verse 34 through 40. I won't bother to read it all. We, we, we're just going to be a short while. There's a whole conversation here, and a young lawyer comes up to test Jesus, and, and, and he puts a question on him. And he asks him, in verse 35, he says, he says to Jesus, uh, he said, teacher, I'm in verse 36, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And Jesus, before he could run off, because he got the answer he really wanted, Jesus said, <laughs> back up, don't run. He said, and the second is like it. In other words, the second is just as important as that first one. Because see, a lot of us got the love of God down. I got the love of Jesus inside of me. We got that love down for God. But Jesus said, come on back. He says, you shall all love your neighbor as you love yourself. That is unselfishly seek the best and highest good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on the two of these commandments together. I got an obligation. I got an obligation. Okay, okay, let me, let me keep on rushing through here. But then I've got to recognize that there are opportunities that I need to take advantage of. 
There are things that I need to do. See, so Jesus says to them, says, okay, I, the, the, you, you got freedom to do what you want to do, but I would love to see you doing what God wants you to do and blessing others and helping people and being a good believer and Christian. So in Galatians, Paul picks it up in the English Standard Version, Galatians 5, 13 to 14, Paul says, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in the word you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, y'all didn't get that one. Let me give one last one. This opportunity thing. Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. Go back and read it when you get home. Listen, he says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you in or naked and clothe you? And he says, and when did we see you in prison? And Jesus' response says, when you did it to the least, when you were blessing those that couldn't bless you back, you were blessing me. You were blessing me. You were because you were acting like me. You, you, you see, you see. I'm, 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 let me let me work with you a moment. I, I was. I, some of us live in the um, in the immediacy of our emotions. So that if somebody makes us mad, we will be sure that they understand their rights, their rank, and their responsibilities. We will, we will get so mad that we'll tell them, I want them to burn from the inside out. Cut them. You should have kicked them in the throat. That's not everybody. That's not everybody. But there's some folk I know. And it's hard on you because, see, I'm telling you to be like Jesus. You know, we used to sing it years ago, to be like Jesus. Oh, how I want to be like him. So meek and lowly, so humble and holy. Oh, how I want to be like him. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That, that's, 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 what, that's what we ought to want. But, but see, we get in this thing where we think we got to, we got to straighten folk out. There's somebody in, I'm walking down your street. When's the last time you straightened somebody out? You just read them their rights. So you just, you gave, you, you just, it's something needed to be said. And you, you the matter of fact, when, when, it, when it was saying time, you looked and said, oh, you got the right one today. I'm, I'm going somewhere with all this. I, I, thought about, I thought about Jesus being a, a Jewish man. And I thought about this idea of how one can live with such enlightenment that even death itself can become a little thing. 
because that's the way he treats this life as a ransom for many. One can live with such enlightenment that the greatest problems are trivialized in your life. Your position wherever you are becomes nothing to you because you're above it, whether it is in prison, the palace, or poverty. You're above it. I, 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 real quick, real quick, I'm going to segue over here. I'm going to grab Joseph for a minute, let him testify, and then I'm going to finish the sermon, okay? Come here, Joseph. Okay, I got you. All right. Joseph is, he's been he was taken by his brothers, kinfolk, dropped him in a pit. Family picked him up out the pit, then sold him into slavery at Potiphar's house. And from Potiphar's house, he had this woman that just had to have some young man. He ran from her and ended up in prison. Now, years later, he wasn't in prison overnight. He's in prison for a minute. When he gets out of prison because of prophetic gift, he moves up into a position. And at which point, listen to me now, his appearance becomes that of the people that he's around. So much so, it is concealed of his identity to those of his family who put him in the pit and who sold him into Potiphar's house. His identity is concealed. And when they come to him for help, he blesses them. But when the revelation comes that he is the one that they have mistreated, they look at him afraid that he's going to kill them. But something else is revealed. The real revelation was the godness in him. Because he looked at what he went through. Note if you read it sometime, Genesis. He, he doesn't ever go back after the family. He doesn't go back after the woman. He doesn't go back after Potiphar. He doesn't talk about anybody. When they look at him and they say to him, Are you gonna get us now? He looks at him and says, Everything's cool. What you don't see is deeper than you. While you meant it for evil, God meant it for my good. You, 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 you need to get this. You see, see what you've got to understand is what he realizes is that he was bound that they could be made free. He was bruised that they could be blessed. He was blessed so that he could be a blessing. What you meant for evil, God was making it for my good. Ah. Jesus 
gives us a deeper revelation. He, he gives us something more. There's, he, says, he says, I want you to get to the point of enlightenment to where you realize who you are. And that who you are is an extension of the divine upon the face of the earth and God's representative here. And every time you reveal the godliness in you, you reveal the godness in our God. Because what God is requiring us goes against your natural emotions. It goes against your natural instinct. It goes against everything about what you deal with because you would think that you want vengeance, but you realize that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I repay. Okay, last, last point, I'm, I'm closing. The third thing I want you to remember about this service is occupation. Occupation. So here, here's the thing, that too often we don't realize that everything we do as a believer, everything can be worship. You can wash the dishes worshipfully. You, you can sweep streets worshipfully. Okay, come here. Uh, the, the, when their children of Israel are about to cross over uh, into the promised land, they're, they're given the word of God. And he says, look, he says, I need you to understand, you need to meditate on this word, on God's word, day and night. Well, how do you meditate day and night when you got to work? So does that mean I should give up work to, to study Torah? Does that mean I should give up work to do? No. What it means is that your occupation ought to be a part of your worship. Okay, I'm, 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 getting, I'm, getting, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 10 uh, gives this way. As each of you received the gift, use your gift to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Okay, y'all didn't get that. Which means that if you're a plumber, don't just fix something to fix it. But if you're doing it as a service to the home or the business that you're working at and you do it faithfully, you're actually worshiping your God because you're serving others. See, I yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you here. If you're an accountant, you don't just count numbers, but you want to count them faithfully as though you were honoring God who gave you this varied gift and ability to do this work so that you can serve the interests and needs of those who are around you. In other words, you can live your faith every day. Every day of your life, you ought to be occupied in the service of your God. I don't care what you do in this world. I don't care how much you must go through. You need to be the kind of person
person that you can say that I am a servant of all, that my life is in God's hands. And when I serve others, I'm serving God. When I help others, I'm helping God. When I make a difference in this world, I'm not doing it on behalf of myself. I'm doing it on behalf of the God I serve. And every person that's a believer has to get to the place where you learn to praise God in the sacred moments. You learn to study God's scripture, but then you learn to say, serving the Lord is who I am, and I will serve the Lord until I die. is finally is to live your faith not just Sunday or Bible study every day every day and guess what that is if we're to do justly love mercy and walk humbly with our God, it means that we're going to look different on how we act on our job than other folk. Somebody going to see Jesus in you. Somebody going to see. When Joseph unconceals himself and he speaks those words out of his mouth, it was a greater revelation and enlightenment of the highest form of one's relationship to God, the ability to forgive others and to not only forgive them, but bless them. Come on, let's give God a praise up in here. Come on, let's honor God. Well, if you're in the sanctuary, I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know the Lord or if you don't have a church home, I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to the Lord and to become a part of this wonderful fellowship. If you're in the sanctuary, you can lift your hands. The usher will come over and give you some information, and we'll meet with you immediately after worship. If you're online, I'm going to invite you to become a part of Shiloh. If you're in the southeastern Connecticut area, I invite you to come. If not, I invite you to become an I member. You become a member wherever you are in the country. You can be a part of our fellowship. Please contact us at the information listed there. With every head bowed and every eye closed, somebody might be making a decision right now. And I want to give them a moment as they work through and think through what God wants to do in their lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for hearts open. Thank you, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for helping us to catch a hold of the secret of greatness, which is service. 
we bless your name, God, for who you are and for who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. As we get ready to receive our offerings today, I invite you, if you um, you can give by Cash App, by Givelify, or if you're not here today, you can mail it in. Those of you in the sanctuary, you can give your offerings on the way out the door. You can place them in the tray on your way out today. I want you to know, I we need your support for ministry. Um, our food pantry uh, has... Uh, I was going to say quadruple, but we've gone past the quadrupling. We're, we're doing more now than we have in a long time. Um, the need is getting greater and greater as the weather is changing, as systems are breaking down. Um, now, I want you all to help me praise God for this. I just got this number uh, this week, and it, it blew my mind because last month in September, we gave out over... 10,000 meals in the month of September. I said 10,000. 10,000 meals. I can't thank um, the Child Development Corporation, uh, uh, Lady Watson, uh, Brittany, Marissa, all of those folk down there for what they do. Um, we've got a team, and, and I know Fawn's been coming over here lately. Uh, we got a team down there just work, and they be hustling. And But not only do they work and hustle, they really care. They really care. Now, why do I say they care? Because if they see a need and we don't have it, we don't, okay, we, we can't get it from our regular sources, they mark that down, and the next week we, that we're trying to fulfill that need. Not just trying to give folks stuff just to throw something at you, say you got something. We're trying to give them the kind of stuff that we want ourselves. Amen. Y'all, I'm just so proud and I'm so grateful for your support. So I'm going to ask you to give your tithes, give your offering. If you, if God lays on your heart to do something for a food pantry, just write it on, on your check or whatever. Just say food pantry and we will make that note. Um, but uh, don't take your tithes and offering away to do it. That's in addition. That's a sacrifice. Amen. So, but I, I just want us to keep doing well and keep honoring God. I can tell you this now. The numbers have grown exponentially. We anticipate now because another pantry is closing in New London. We anticipate getting somewhere between 50 and 100 new families added to the ones we already have. So we're asking for your help and your support. And if you're available Thursdays and Fridays, just a few hours. Thursday is a, is a day they, they bag groceries up and Friday is a day they distribute. And it's just a couple hours during those times. So it's only a couple hours of time slots, but it's, it's so necessary. And, and, it's, and it's so necessary that you come with that right spirit and you come recognizing the humanity of everybody and that you come showing love. Amen. Um, let me, I, this is on my heart, so I'm going to say it. You know, sometimes people will bless you, but they'll act like they're doing you a favor. 
need that blessing from here. If it ain't from your heart, you're not the right one. You know, amen? Amen. You're not the right one. We need, we need folk who love folk, who can show God's love, who can be a divine extension of God in the earth realm. Amen? Come on, put your hands together and bless God. So let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask that you bless now our giving. We give our tithes. We give our seed capital stewardship gifts. And we give offerings to those in need. We ask that you bless that in the name of Jesus. Cause your people to prosper in every area. And let there be no lack in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you all with the love of the Lord. All right. Real quick, I just want to tell you, on Tuesday night at 6.30, we'll be here for baptism. It's an in-person program. Uh, I, I think it was in the light at 6.30, so I'm going to let it stay at 6.30. Because I did say 6. You're right. Thank you so much. So we're going to, is that what we have? Is that what you told me? 6.30? Thank you. I'm, all right. So I want to keep it that, but I'll try and be consistent next time. So 6.30 on Tuesday for, for uh, baptism. And then I want to remind each one of you of how important it is to uh, be a part of that. If you can't be here, we will show it on uh, Facebook and YouTube. It will be out there as well. Amen. I ask that you continue to keep in prayer. <laughs> it's your time. Amen. We're celebrating with some of our saints who've been waiting uh, and some who can't be here, but we're, we're getting excited. Amen. Uh, we're, actually, I know the band's going to be here Tuesday because they know that he'll be here because we're also going to, Brother Kenny is getting baptized on Tuesday. Yo, just wanted to say, I shouldn't have said nothing. I'm sorry. We're just excited. We're excited. We love you. We love each one of you. I want you to keep Gloria in your prayers. Uh, those of you on the prayer line know her knee popped out and she can't walk. But I want to commend our praise and worship team. Y'all did a great job today. Y'all represented. Y'all represented. Gloria, get better. Get better. Take care of you, girl. Take care of yourself. And then I ask you to keep Rufus in your prayers. Rufus' mother is very sick. And so he went down to be with her. And so his mother is a great preacher and teacher and, uh, and a friend. And she was a part of Shiloh for many years, Reverend Sudi Davis Hawley. And I'm just so glad that he's there to show her love. So please keep him and keep your, all, all of us in prayers. It's actually Reverend Sudi Davis Hemsley. Amen. Um, so we keep her in prayer and uh, keep their family in your prayers. All right. I love you all. The love of the Lord. Please, there were a number of announcements on the bulletin earlier. Please take notice. And as the old preacher say, govern yourselves accordingly. Amen. 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 If I missed anything, charge it to my head and not to my heart. God bless you. Happy birthday to all of our October birthday folks again. Don't forget, there's a number of things we need to do to serve the Lord, including celebrating and supporting the Martin Luther King Scholarship Fund and our prison ministries. God bless you.
my brothers and sisters, it's been another great one here. I hope you enjoyed this worship. I enjoyed you, and I enjoyed the Jesus in each of you. Come on, band, take us out now. We're ready. and sisters, may God's grace, may God's peace, may God's love be manifested in you, and may you be the person you want to meet in Jesus' name. Go in peace, and you know what I say, Shalom.